Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. Uh, We are, where the hell are we? We're in Vegas. We're in the RV park in Vegas. And, um... Let me explain something to you about women. A lot of you, a lot of you don't know anything about women. That's why you come to me, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain everything to you about women in one shot. We, uh, I'm of course gallivanting about the American Southwest, crashing. Someone would say parasiting, which would be more descriptive. But like how the communists say it's social democracy when they basically take your money and give it to somebody else, which is called theft. They give it a euphemism. But let's just be honest. I'm parasiting. Off of my buddies sleeping on their couches and all that. Uh, so uh, it's two months away from home. And then the girlfriend, luckily, through both work, self-independent con- contracting, and then by gosh, just loving the old captain himself, uh, even though it's six, uh, two months apart, she's flying out here five, maybe even six times. And so one of the times she had to fly out here for work, um, she has a client out here in Vegas, not that type. And uh, I'm, well, I was in Phoenix. I said, well, "Okay, I'll, I'll I'll drive on up." So I drove on up. And the the girlfriend, but this is all women. Uh, she says, "Well, I found a deal at Red Rock Casino. Now, Red Rock Casino is a very high end casino. Um, I've walked through it a couple times. I've envied. I've envied. Very few times do I envy as a minimalist. I, nothing really makes me gawk or stare." Or salivate, but I definitely did envy their outdoor pool, sauna, happy, super fun time, adult playground. Um, it 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 was like a water park, but for adults. Like there's no crazy whoop de doo slip and slide, which basically was telling to me there's there's a very low urine content um, in the water. <laughs> no kids, yeah, it's just a regular pool. But then yeah, as an adult, you're like, wow. Those are floating lawn chairs that are purposely designed to float in the uh, preheated water. And and the drinks are weighted out to you by good-looking men and women. I think I'll sign up for that. So that's my knowledge of the Red Rock Casino, or my experience. Interior is beautifully designed. Amazing can, uh, chandelier. Uh, just just, just a, a wonderful, because I always want to stay there. And then I knew I had good taste because apparently everybody else wants to see it. Because like a cheap night, a cheap night at the Red Rock for El Crapo Room, you know, toilet bed, around two hundred dollars. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's uh, that's a month's worth of uh, old espressos because Cappy can't drink no more. That's a month's worth of um, that's my gas, uh, frankly, uh, for the next two months, even with me driving all over Tarnation. So uh, we don't go to the red. Well, now she got a deal. Now you might, you you gentlemen must understand when when the deal comes along, that's good. It's good to have that frugality about. It. It's good to it's good to want to imp- increase your purchasing power. And as I've said before, 
and I'm not even joking, I'm not even half-teasing, haha, tongue-in-cheek, I'm being deadly serious, one of the most vital, if not the most vital thing, women did in the olden days, was stretch a dollar. So the guy would go make the money, and people criticize us, as you should criticize, you always want to you know, have the balance of power, check and balances. But women, not only, yeah, women were responsible for the majority of the purchases, which could lead to being taken abuse of that situation, but the reason they were in charge of the spending, because it made more sense, they would go and try to, at least in the olden days, try to get as much out of it as they could. So the, they would go shopping, they know where the good deals are, they'd use coupons. So this is a holdover, and a good one. Uh, for the ladies, in particular, and my girl, she's very, very frugal. She'll find the deals. She, oh, AAA discount, this discount. Oh, I have this card. Do you have that card? Oh, good. I, oh, do you have the the uh, singers of the of of the left butt cheek club? Yes. Yeah, so oh, I'm with the singers of the left butt cheek club. And they, oh my, you get another five. And then and then she whittles them down to like thirty two percent. So I'm thinking, oh, she's she's got us. $60 a night at the Red Rock Casino. Now, with taxes and, and the resort fees, it's more like 100 If you're unaware of Vegas, if you're a younger listener, please study resort fees. Learn about them. It's not really anything to study. It's just they, they oh, it's a resort fee. We've got to slap it on. It's an extra 25 or 35 even 50 bucks, depending on where you are. So the price you see on, on Hotels.com or Priceline or wherever is not the actual price. Uh, but knowing that going forward, it was still a dirt cheap deal. I'm like, oh, so she got... Now, here's where old Captain was stupid. The old Captain assumed that we were going to... We got the Red Rock Casino for $60 a night for the three nights she and I were going to be here. Now, old Captain was... He was like, look, my pilot buddy, which you all know, he follows me around, although he, he, he's, he's, uh, he's like a, a guardian angel. The pilot buddy is everywhere. He's omnipresent. I say, he's got his RV out there, the one that I drove out. If many of you may remember me and the GF, we hopped in the RV. We did the old fart thing. We clogged up Highway 70 going up uh, the Rocky Mountains thing. like, this thing's fine over Nebraska. Then the first hill we hit in uh, Colorado, I'm like, oh, no wonder this thing suck. No wonder they drive so slow. They have no choice. So that's the RV that we have out here now. And I'm in the fancy RV park. I'm like in the hoity. So I'm perfectly happy to stay in the RV. But the economist in me appreciates the deal. $60 a night at the Red Rock Casino. The Gravina likes staying in the RV. It's not nice. The, 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 the cushions are kind of hard. I'm thinking, like, dude, it's got a bed in the loft. I mean, it's got electricity. It's That's better than sleeping in the car. And since we're at the nice RV park, there's showers down the road. And down the road, half a block away, in the RV park. And then, uh, I've mentioned it before, Why the number one thing I like about this RV park is that all the old-timers gather at the restaurant that is on the grounds of the RV park. And they all get their morning coffee, and they all uh, shoot the shit, and they exchange stories. And, and the girlfriend, was she missed this wonderful experience I had. So I always wake up at like 7 or 8 a.m. so I can go talk to the old guys, the old people, who are getting their coffee. And they always inevitably ask about me, because I don't fit in, because I'm, I'm the young schmuck. I'm like the guy who isn't, I mean, really, 70, 60, you know, maybe you get some upper 55ers, early retirees. Most of these people, and they're the adventurers, too. They're the traveling wanderers. They're the vagabonds. They're the ones that have RVs, and they kind of look at me. And they like, you don't, you don't fit in with us. And they, well, what, what are you doing? And they're always social anyway. 
and then I give them whatever reason. Oh, I'm here because I'm bored, or I'm here because I'm cold. I'm here because I'm RV sitting. And then, they, and then, then I owe you guys. Oh, Herman and I always wanted to drive across the United States, so we started 15 years ago and haven't stopped. I'm like, God bless it. You people still have sex, don't you? So I, I'm okay staying at the RV. This, in other words, she, being female, wants the RV. She want they want a hotel room. That's what they want. They want the hotel. They want this. They want a very comfortable bed. Um, they don't want an RV. The RVs, I guess, well, I don't guess because I'm sitting at an angle right now. If, if an RV sits for a while, it starts to tilt to one side or the next. I don't know. The shocks attain equilibrium differently. And so it, it leans down a little bit. It's at like maybe a four-degree angle. It's perfectly fine. Everything's fine. You just got to learn to lean a little. I don't like, no, no, no. So she she says, I got I got all the hotel. I got the hotels. I want to stay at a hotel. I'm like, fine. She says, I can write it off. I'm on business. And I'm like, okay, fine. And um, and I'm like, who's to argue? Because we have three nights at that fancy hotel that I probably will never stay at again because it's just, I've never heard of it coming down so low. Well, I didn't pay attention because sometimes women talk a lot and they never really get to the point. And then you train. You're trained in, in grade school, gentlemen. Like when women talk because they're your grade school teachers, they never get to the point. And you tune them out after a while. Because they're not efficient with their words. Uh, inevitably, and she must have said something important, which happens occasionally, uh, that I don't pay attention to. And so uh, I'm up here. I came up a couple days early. I crashed with the great Matt Baldoni. He was kind enough to put me up on the couch. And the couch ranks, Matt Baldoni's couch ranks lower than the RV. Sorry, Matt. I just, but it's a nice couch. We don't have to pay. It's just like, I'll sleep on the floor. We can't have you sleep. Then they all want to be like martyrs. You can't sleep on the... Why? I'm saving at least 40 bucks a night not staying at the Motel 6. We're right here. So I I go to Matt's place. I got my stuff. Gather up all my stuff. He's like, put your stuff here. Okay, there's where my stuff goes. There's your couch. There's your blankets. There's your little pillows. There we go. We go out. We have fun. Oh, dude, I got to tell you this. Okay, let me interrupt the story, though. Woo! Holy shit. So uh, every time I've seen Matt Baldoni perform, the great Matt Baldoni, I'm not joking about that great. Um, it's always been in the context of him playing for the Bee Gees or uh, performing a gig for um, a client. So in other words, the music is predetermined. Uh, he plays this particular type of music. That's what he plays. He's a professional. He does that. Well, he invited me to an open jam. And... The, the open jam, you obviously highlight whatever talent comes up to showcase their talent. And Matt was just playing uh, background guitar. I don't know the professional name for it. He was not being showcased. He was not the one letting her rip. So he's he's up there. And some some good talent comes up there after a while. But but after a while, the, the music was so loud. And uh, the uh, the clientele, let's just say, reminds you of the Star Wars bar. Uh, I'm thinking, like, okay, I, I got to get going. And he says, well, they let me, I, I, I show my stuff at the last set, at the last half hour. I'm like, okay, well, I'll probably come back. So I come back, and uh, they're still playing, um, you know, Hoagie Carmichael, whoever wants to come up there and sing, they sing. So finally, Matt all sudden is allowed to showcase. <laughs> I'm not joking. Guys, he t- usually when you listen to 
guitar, and I am not classically trained in any music. I have, I cannot, I can identify good music in jazz and other. I can identify talent only because I listened to so much music when I was learning to dance and when I went dancing, and I did take in a fair amount of jazz. I do not know how to make those sounds come out of those instruments. I do not have the ear for it that musicians do, but I have a pretty better than average ear than a lay person who's never been trained in music. So when you hear guitar, like Eddie Van Halen or whoever's a great guitarist, you can, you can say, okay, I see the talent. I can hear the talent. Uh, but it, frankly, all sounds the same to me. Metallica... ACDC, yeah, I've been there, lived through the 80s hair band. Okay, y'all got your guitar and y'all masturbating to it. I, I got it. Then Baldoni gets up there. And he starts off like, you know, he's just winging it. Then he unleashes. And he was playing the guitar so fast that instead of like actual chords you could be heard being struck, it blended together that sounded more like um like a horn, if that makes any sense. Because uh, a drum, you hit a beat, boom, you hear it. You can see it in the sound waves. So I'm, I bet you if you were to watch the sound waves being recorded of Matt playing a guitar, he was playing it so fast and so good, you probably would, I'm sure there is, you would see different chords being struck. But it would, to the human ear, it melted together and it just created this whole different sound that was fucking amazing. <laughs> And guy, I am not joking, guys. Trust you me. The ladies will vouch for this because they say, well, yeah, there was that one guy who did that. You watched all these gals. Now, admittedly, the gals were all baby boomer, 50-plus uh, barflies. Um, they were dancing to Matt, and Matt was just wrenching on his guitar. And he made a bunch of them came. A bunch of them came easy. I mean, one girl, like, after he, he finally hit the, you know, damn it. This girl just, like, was twirling around and still moving. Well, girl, woman. I'm like, holy shit. So, that wasn't it. They kept playing some more. So, uh, he did this thing with the wah-wah pedal, and he played the guitar with one hand. And he's saying he saw Jimi Hendrix do that, and then he taught himself how to do that. And he, he is a lot self-taught. Every time I go over to Matt's joint, he's always watching some video on some technique, and he's practicing. He's got 40 guitars. So this guy, I mean, you know, he, he was all like, well, I, I want to make sure you knew that I knew how to play guitar. I'm like, I kind of got the impression watching you beforehand. I, I, I mean, there was no doubt, but then he played the guitar with one hand and the wah-wah pedal. I'm like, holy fucking shit. So anyway, so that so I got to, we got to see the great Matt Baldoni. Not that any of you would have doubted it, but if you could see Matt, certainly go see Matt. If you like the Bee Gees, especially uh, the Australian Bee Gees, of course do that. And this is this isn't a plug. I mean, it's just the truth. This is something that you guys should go see. Uh, but if you can see Matt play, he should do that. He should really get a website together. Uh, of course, that's we should all do these things, but we're all too busy doing what we're doing now. But if there's a way to find Matt playing what Matt wants to play, which he should one of these days, he'll put together an album when he's not too busy with all the other stuff. One of these days, I'll write another book when I'm not too busy with asshole consulting. One of these days. Um, but it, yeah, you you definitely got to see it. Was, it was pretty cool. Anyway, so uh, that man's couch is not good enough for the princess, nor is his floor good enough for me. So, I, well, we could crash it. No, we can't. No, God Almighty, no. So I'm thinking, all right, I'll just crash at Matt's place. Then for the remainder of the time, 
that the GF is here. We will stay over at the Red Rock Casino. I will then take her back to the airport. She will fly out on her last day so she can work the regular job on Monday. And then I will either crash at Matt's or crash in the RV. Uh, Spend a couple days here, and then I'll head off on to San Diego where I have to pick up the GF again on Friday. So I got to basically, she flies in, I got to drive to where she's going. And and that's what a loving boyfriend I am to leave her in the middle of nowhere cold Minnesota, minus 20 degrees, while I'm down and sunny and playing with all the cool California kids. So uh, I'm driving. And you're not supposed to talk on the phone in Nevada because that's illegal. You should never do that, boys and girls. So I was talking on the phone while driving in Nevada, boys and girls, to the girlfriend because I was in the middle of nowhere and there weren't no freaking cops around. And so I say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going to Matt's. Uh, what time can I check in at the Red Rock? When she says, well, I land, what was it, Friday. I say, yeah, what time do you want me to check in the, in the Red Rock? She says, well, we're not in the Red Rock on Friday. I said, I thought you said we're in the Red Rock on Friday. She says, no, we're there on Saturday. And I'm like, okay, where are we going to be on Friday since the RV is not acceptable and the great Matt Baldoni's couch or floor is neither accept- is, is not acceptable either? And she says, well, I got us rooms at the Suncoast, which I'm fine with because I like the Suncoast. The Suncoast is right across the street from my favorite cigar lounge in the, in the world, La Casa over in Tivoli Square. If any of you are in Vegas, there's a good chance you'll find me there. And if any of you want to make a hit, please do keep in mind, I always carry guns with me. So, uh, and I'm like, oh, all right. And so I say, okay, so we go to Suncoast, then we go to Red Rock, and then we're there for Saturday, uh, no, Friday and Saturday night. I guess she landed on Thursday. We're there for two nights. She's like, no, we're only there for one. And And now... I'm wondering, should I maybe have paid more attention in the past? And I said, um, well, then where are we spending the last night? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Can we stay in the RV? No, we don't want to stay. Okay, can we stay with it? No, is this the thing where you can write it off as tax deductible and we're going to stay at a hotel? Yes, so we're about to think about going to get a hotel. But then my pilot buddy rents... An Airbnb house. I know this is all very complicated, but that's why I'm telling you the story. So you suffer just like I did. So then my buddy rents an Airbnb because he had a meeting and he was flying all these different people with his business out here. There was an extra room at this Airbnb. I said, okay, we'll go to the Airbnb because it is neither Matt Baldoni's, the great Matt Baldoni's couch, nor his floor, nor the perfectly acceptable RV with adventuresome 63-year-olds who are still having sex and living in Las Vegas. So, I knew there was going to be something wrong with this. I knew there was something going to be. But, but I couldn't put my finger on it for, until I actually lived it. And I knew exactly what was wrong. So, I have my stuff at the Great Map Baldoni's. Now, I have my truck. And the truck only has a certain amount of room in, in the cabin. And I pick up the girlfriend. This problem I did know was coming. That we're going to have to throw some stuff in the back. This, and right now, I don't know if you can hear it, but... It's been raining in Las Vegas the past three days nonstop. So stuff in the back of the truck is going to get wet. That's fine. Knew that was going to happen. But what problem did end up manifesting itself, the one that I was instinctually predicting was coming but couldn't put my finger on it, 
was every time we had to pack up our shit and move to a different hotel. Because you can't check in until 3, but you got to check in, check out before 11. And so what that means is you got to check out by 11 and you got to kill four hours with your worldly, your most important worldly possessions in a truck that is so old it doesn't have electric locks or an electric alarm. And you have to lug your luggage out of the truck bed with you to wherever you go until the hotel opens up the next time. And it became very obvious to me the first time I had to do that, where we're checking out of the Sun Coast, and I'm like, oh, fuck, we get to do this all the time instead of just having one hotel at the same fucking place for all four days. We get to do this every fucking day. And I said to the girlfriend, you are never doing this again. You're never getting multiple hotels. I don't care what the fucking deals are. We're going to go, we're going to, because we could have spent, now think about here, the economist to me. What if I wanted to sleep in till noon? If I want to sleep in till one, what she wanted to do? Well, we can't do that. We are forced to spend four hours wandering the desert with our luggage in Las Vegas in a two-seater truck. We can't go to the bad parts of town because people will grab your luggage out of the back of the truck bed. So you can't go to the place in the the video game, arcade uh, game amusement game uh, graveyard some of the cooler things in vegas are in the bad parts of town we have to lug 50 pounds of uh, luggage with us uh, no matter where we go we're going to stop the car and then we gotta lug it all up to the to the hotels go and check in carry it up the thing walk down these long ass hallways drop it off and then we have a respite for about 8 to 10 hours. Then we got to do the whole process over again. I said, we're not doing this again. We are not. We are going to stay in the RV. We're going to stay at the Great Map Bowl. We're going to stay somewhere, but it's going to be that one, somewhere is going to be one place. From the time you land to the time you leave, there's going to be one place. We lug our luggage up one time. We lug it down one time, and that's it. Then it's off to the airport. Airport, hotel, lug up. Lug down, hotel, airport. Boom! That's what it's going to be. <clears throat> but no, that's what I had. So I'm just, you know, down the road, men. Because I don't know why Why it would even occur to someone to get multiple hotels. I know why, because of the deals. But ladies, here's the thing. The, the labor that is going to be, just find the cheap hotel. Just go or or go to the RV or go to one place that is one place. Get the Airbnb. But don't chase hotels. Don't don't just please don't do that. That's uh, that's what the old captain learned. Here. I also learned something else. Trip. I'll tell you another story. There'll be lessons to learn. Hey, this is the I was a Dindu. Captain didn't do nothing. Now I'm going to share with you how I didn't end up getting shot or landing in jail when I had a run in with the local constable and fuzz. You have to pay attention because I didn't do nothing. I really didn't do nothing. So if you didn't do nothing, you you can you can do the you know plan A, which gets you shot and unfortunately a lot of times killed, or plan B, the clary way of being a didn't do nothing, right? So I pull up to what restaurant was it? Some Italian joint. Uh, there's a guy. He's not in a car. He is a civilian just standing in a parking space on the phone, which you have every right to do. He's taking a call. He's taking outside. Whatever. Okay. So I park 
to this parking space next to him, the next parking space over. Didn't even think about it. Not, didn't come close to him. Didn't even think there was anything wrong. Whatever. So uh, me and the GF get out of the truck. We walk to the restaurant. And then he yells something. I couldn't hear what he said. Oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But then he yelled something again. I'm like, oh, this guy's probably drunk. Because there's a lot of homeless and weirdos and people on drugs or whatever. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So, so I made sure to sit in the lounge where I could keep my eye on the truck. Now the guy starts casing my truck. I think he also started casing something. Well, I didn't think. He, he looked like he's casing all these other cars. Still on his phone. And he goes away. Then he comes back like five minutes. And then he's like looking at my truck again. Like, what the hell? He's looking in the truck bed. Now, once again, the old captain was wise to say, we got to pull it. Do we really have to pull it out of the truck? Yes, we do. Yes, we do, miss. Let's get five hotel rooms. And I'm glad we did because of this exact same thing that was, that, that was happening. So inevitably, he, he goes away. I'm thinking, well, there's nothing to steal anyway. As long as he's not slashing my tires or, you know, key in the truck, I don't care. All of a sudden, a cop shows up, and he starts looking in my truck. I'm like, what the, all right, what's this? So I go out, you know, I like cops. I want to help them out. What, what's going on here? This is my truck. So I go, I say, hey, officer, what's wrong? This is my truck. Some guy was looking at it before. What, what's wrong? He's like, you on this truck? I'm like, yeah. He was like, well, can you mind coming over here, please? I'm like, Sure. And so I'm saying, well, there's this weird old guy. He's like a you know, bag lady or something. And he's like, oh, keep your hands out of your pocket. Now, for those of you who are of the belief that he didn't do nothing, you actually believe that. If you didn't do nothing, the cops are inevitably going to find that out. But when they say, can you come over here, keep your hands out of your pocket, that means they know something you don't. And he and you are now the suspect of something, because he thinks you might have a weapon in your pockets and you might hurt him. So immediately, I'm like, "Oh, something else is going on." So I take my hands out of the pocket. Do you own the truck? Yes, I do. Have you been drinking? (laughs) Like, no, I haven't. Are you sure? Yes, I am. I'm not saying it that way. Like. Yes, sir, I'm quite sure I have not been drinking. Well, we had a report that you almost hit a guy with this truck. I'm like, okay, yeah, I didn't come anywhere near close hitting him. Uh, You might want to go find him because I think he might be a little bit drunk. Uh, And um, I I wasn't going to go into, wait, your complainant isn't here? Uh, You sure you got the right guy? So I just said, no, uh, I did not come anywhere near him. I think he might actually be the one that's drunk, blah, blah, blah. Well, he said that you also had an open container in the truck. I said, well, if you want, you can go ahead and take a look in there, but um, there's no open container in there. So not only is it this guy, in that short conversation, another squad car shows up because they are very busy police. Lots of crime going on in this neighborhood. And he says, well, do you have an ID or something? I'm like, sure. So I slowly I grab my ID. That's another thing, gentlemen. You slowly grab your ID. I pull out the wallet, and I get my ID. I give it to the officer. <coughs> he says, stand here in front of the truck. So by this time, the third Keystone cop shows up. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, hmm, someone better report a gun or something because this is the math is not adding up. So he's in there running my background check, making sure I didn't kill Grandma Tilly. 
And then the other cop, he's kind of like, I guess, a little bit nicer, maybe older, more professional. He's like, what happened? I said, well, there's this guy who reported me in, da-da-da-da, said that there was open container and there's not. And he said, well, have you been drinking? I'm like, no, I haven't been drinking. And so um, he says, well, do you mind if I pat you down? Now, here's another thing, ladies and gentlemen. You want the cops to be happy. You want them to be at ease. And on top of it, uh, this is, again, one of those things where you just don't say no. Just say yes. Because the goal is to get out of their custody as quickly as possible and without getting shot. Okay. Now, if you start giving them shit, shit, man, you don't have the right to tell me this and go fuck yourself and I, I, and I got right. Okay, all right, you can, you can do that, but that just gets them more agitated. So I'm, yeah, sure, fine. He's like, okay, well, turn around, spread your legs, put your hands behind your back, da, da, da. And by this time, I'm, like, fully prepared. They're going to handcuff me, throw me in the back of the squad car. And I say, oh, shit, because now I'm thinking, like, okay, the girlfriend is in the bar and she has had two drinks today. And I'm like, oh, please don't come out. Please don't come out. Please don't come out. And sure enough, I hear clock, click, clock, click, clock, click to the heels. And you hear, I'm going <laughs> I'm like, fuck. I'm like, please don't give the cops any gum. Which she would, because she's more of a docile manner. She wouldn't give the cops, you know, screaming at the top of her lungs, you know. You guys have seen cops. The girlfriend comes out, then she's like, you know, trailer trash. She's got one kid hanging from one tit and, and you know, a tattoo. This is not my girlfriend. She says, what's going on? And, then I think by that time there was a fourth cop, and he could deal with her. He's like, oh, what, you know, what's going on? And well, No, he hasn't been drinking. Nah, nah, nah. So the cop pats me down. He decides not to put the cuffs on me. I'm like, okay, cool. So they know I'm not going to just start striking out, and, or at least I don't have a weapon. And so uh, the guy says, oh, okay, well, do you mind if I search your truck? I'm like, here are the keys. Am I going to find anything in there? So you're going to find some jumper cables, some fix-a-flat, a a bag of almonds, a bunch of old empty Red Bull cans, uh, and uh, some, you know, uh, what? oh, an air filter. had an air filter in the back, like, you know, underneath, behind the seats. So he goes through. And old Sherlock Holmes there finally comes to the conclusion uh, that uh, there was no open container. So uh, he, he's like, okay, well, I didn't see any open container. No, no, no. And I was kind of thankful that we stopped. Uh, by this time, we had stopped at the RV park. Thankfully, we did not have our stuff with us. <clears throat> I had put all the stuff in the RV, including my pistol. <laughs> Which, let's go through that. Well, actually, you know, let's save that for the later part of the story. Because I know a lot of you are going to have questions on the Aaron Cleary School of Didn't Do Nothing. So there's nothing in the truck. He's fine. He says, well... You said that you'd be okay if we gave you a breathalyzer. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. You know, whatever. Get, get, get me, I want to get out of here. I want to get out of the custody. I want to prove to you guys whatever it is that I'm not the bad guy. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to say, shit, I got right. You know what? You know, can I search you? You have every libertarian right to say, no, you can't. Can I look in your truck? No, you can't. You have every right. But you're going to be there for quite some time, and you're going to put them on heightened alert. And then the people might get shot. So I say, uh, yes, thank you for the keys. He says, My, uh, but we have uh, Officer Skippy over here. So he was one of the four or five. I, can't, I lost count after a while. He's trained to give you, and he didn't call the field sobriety test. Something, something, something test. And I wanted to say field sobriety test. But I did not say that. 
Because once again, I want to get back into getting my food. He'll assess whether you're impaired. Da, da, da. Okay, fine. He says, watch the finger, but don't move your head. So you're just supposed to use your eyes. So then he does that for what seemed to be 14 hours. And I'm and, and by this time, I'm like, God almighty, I better pass this test. Because I don't want to go. And it's not that they're going to find out that I'm sore because I haven't had anything to drink. It's that it's going to take me time to go downtown to get the breathalyzer. They're going to put me in the squad car. I'm going to have to have my girlfriend can't drive because she had two drinks, so it's going to be a royal pain in the ass. So, they do the follow the finger thing, okay, and he says, nope, he's clean. And then the cop's like, oh, okay, well, uh, that's all right. And I said, okay, thank you very much, officer. Now, just to show you, I was about to walk in. I say, oh, am I free to go? He says, yes, you're free to go. I say, thank you, officer, and then I walk away. And then, because I think Skippy, the fucked-up tooth wonder, he had really bad teeth, really bad teeth. And if any of you over at the Las Vegas Police Department know who I am, go pick on him for me. Um, he had bad teeth. He says, he, I think he kind of knew, like, oh, maybe we should go find the other guy. Maybe this guy was sober as a rosebud or whatever is very sober. Maybe he was very, maybe, oh, maybe. So he's like, well, good. Yeah, that's a good restaurant. That's, you know, this is a really nice part of town. That's a good restaurant. I like, and I want to yell and say, yeah, it must be a really safe restaurant with six cops to pull over one guy who didn't do anything. And I did not say that because once again, the point of the Aaron Cleary School of Didn't Do Nothing is that you are to get out of custody as quickly as possible. And the way you do that is by being compliant agreeable and helpful with the officers no matter how fucktardedly stupid they might be and i know in some instances there there are like you never know what the guy called in gun coke guy had a bunch of friends with him in that you never know and the cops never know what they're getting into uh although i will say this cop was not a this cop was not uh sherlock holmes yeah this guy that's going punch, yeah. He was he was not uh, quick on the draw there, and uh, but it's just like okay now. For what amounted to no more than maybe ten minutes of my day, you people would call it harassment. You police harassment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, for me, just sitting there saying yes, officer, no officer, thank you, officer. Of course you can, officer. And then here's the key thing of the Aaron Cleary School of didn't do nothing. Also, not doing anything, not committing a crime or having any warrants out for your arrest, that's key. That's that's key going into this school. It's kind of important to have that part down. The cops went away, I was able to move on, and nothing bad happened. And and by bad, I mean no one was dragged downtown, had to get a breathalyzer because I couldn't keep my eye on this guy's finger or whatever else. There was no getting in the cop's face. There was no cops. They'll find something. They'll find, okay, prickhead. I had kind of a cracked uh, rear view mirror. He could have he could have wrote me up for that. No, sir. Yes, sir. Of course you may, officer. No, I haven't been drinking. No, I really haven't been drinking. No, no, sir. <laughs> not, not, I know, three legs of charm. No, sir, I have not been drinking. Yes, I will submit myself to a sobriety field test. And then we are allowed to go back in. Now, whether whether uh, Sherlock Holmes and his gang actually went and found the guy, you know, now here's, I, I'm not a detective. I've never been promoted to a detective. But I'm imagining they must have his cell phone. Whether they followed up with this guy or not, I don't know. 
Whether they gave him a field sobriety test, I I don't know. But I just got my mouth. Here's the and the, and I know that well, I'm I'm being tongue in cheek here because a lot of people don't okay, they end up getting killed getting into situations like this. Not a lot, but stupid people. <clears throat> but then I talk to my friends. My friends all want me to get killed, man. They give the world's worst advice. They do not understand the Aaron Clary school of didn't do nothing. I had a buddy. He's like, "Well, did you have your AR-15 on?" I'm like, "No, that was." That was over. I left that in Phoenix. Well, did you have your pistol? You know that that's over in the RV. And then another guy chimes in. Well, really, wouldn't matter. You have every legal right. And I, and I had to stop him. And I didn't explain that this was the Clary School of didn't do nothing. I say, well, listen, Bob. I won't give you his real name. I say, Bob. It doesn't matter whether I. It's legal for me to carry the gun. Whether it's legal for me to have a bottle of booze in the truck, whether it's legal that I have a, an AR-15. It doesn't matter. The issue is one of economics and efficiency in time. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to give them another reason. I don't want to give them a reason. This is why i got to go repair my, um, my rearview mirror uh, before I get into California because the California cops are going to look for That's how they look. They're going to look for something so they can look for drugs. They can look for something else. And it's not even that they're going to find anything. They won't find drugs. I'm leaving my gun in Vegas so that I don't, won't carry a gun. I don't want to be stopped and searched. I don't want the two hours. What can be done in ten minutes, if you do it wrong, dealing with the cops can last two hours and still have the same outcome. You're still going to be let go on free, but you will be detained for two hours. And I might also add... God Almighty! I wonder what precinct or district these guys were patrolling. But I think there was almost there. There was definitely four squads. I think there was four squads. Cause God, what was there? One got one cop per squad. Yeah, I think there, yeah. Then a, there was a an old Crown Vic that came up too, if I recall correctly. I mean, how many how many resources am I tying up? I tied them up for ten minutes. What if I gave them guff and I actually cared about whether or not they could actually do decent police work? They're out there catching someone who's, like, recklessly driving. They're actually catching the bum that fucking called it in. They're out there uh, potentially, you know, deterring, you know, just the presence alone. They could be, nope, they're all concentrated right here. Meanwhile, a savvy individual said, let's hit the bank on the other side of town. The goal is to get the cops out of your face, out of your life, as quickly as possible. And the best way to do that is, like, you ever try and leave your house from your mother's I got it down, I think the fastest is about five minutes. And I'm not joking. Five minutes is about a world record. Because they sense you're going to leave. If for any other reason you say, I got to go home. I hear there are tornadoes about to hit my house. I need to get home before the storm hits. I hear there's an ice storm on the way. I need to get home before the ice clogs up the roads. I hear that if I get back home to Minnesota, they're going to give me $80 billion signed by Mark Dayton himself from his own little dick fund trust fund baby uh, account. Uh, and it could be 100% true. They, 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 only go, they only hear he's leaving soon. Maybe never coming back. <clears throat> and then the mother's... Employ and deploy every potential strategy and trick they have up their sleeve to make sure you don't leave in any convenient timing whatsoever. Let me put together a care package. Mom, I don't eat that food anymore. I have a di- I cannot eat five pounds of chocolate chip cookie dough. Well, let me get you this way. 
Um, I'm a minimalist. I have more clothes than I know what to do with. I just went to Goodwill. Please do not give me that piece of article of clothing. It will end up in the garbage because I don't even want to take it to Goodwill because I really don't believe in helping out the poor. Well, let me go and grab this... Mom, I don't need anything. I need to get going now because it has nothing to do with you. I love you dearly. It is that I have a life and I must go. Well, how about... Let me come and hang on. Let me get that phone number of your... And, and if you're not good at it, if, if, you're, if you're a rookie, um, you'll be there for 15, 20 minutes. Okay, now I got it down to five minutes. But it's the same thing with the cops. If you engage them, they're going to stretch what could be a five or ten minute ordeal into an hour and a half, or in my mother's case, if I let her, three hours. But the goal, if, if you just comply, agree, yes, mom, okay, mom. And you don't fight, you just say, I'm taking the cookies. Yeah, sure, let's load it up. Yep, okay, okay, yep. See you, Mom, bye, boom. You should be able to get out in about five minutes. Cops, you fight them, just like your mother. Well, you really need the cookie. Mom, I don't really need it. Well, no, no, you really need it. Mom, I can't really have it. No, you can have a cookie. One cookie won't hurt. Yeah, then if one cookie won't hurt, why are you giving me five dozen cookies? Well, you're skinny. You need to eat. No, Mom, I really don't need to eat. I, I know my, my hell. I'm 45 years old almost now. But, but no, you Same thing with the cops. Agree with the cops, get the fuck out, and, and then talk behind their back on your podcast. And, and identify the guy that needs, I'm not joking, dude, you need some dental work. You do need dental work. That will be my one slide. The poor copmanship, what would you call it, not detective work, cop work. The somewhat, not not best, it wasn't poor, but not best policing. I have so many years on the force, and you're, ah, shut up. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the Mangled Tooth Wonder, Detective Mangled Tooth, uh, yeah, you, you can, you can up your game a little bit. Maybe get a little more training. That's... And don't file complaints with the cops. Don't file complaints. Don't, don't do that. You don't have the time. They don't have the time. More important shit going on. Unless there's, like, a legitimate problem, like the guy, you know, like, beat you or something. So, like, a legitimate one. But, but yeah, just get a podcast and talk behind their back, and then... And then don't go to that very, 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 very safe neighborhood where six Keystone cops have nothing else to do. But, uh, God almighty, you need two officers to do a field surprise. What training do you get? Shouldn't one cop be able to handle one man, tasers, mace, something like that? If you're a little worried, give me the cuffs, throw me in the back of the squad car. Calling in backup. Like I said, I don't know, but... after you didn't find the cache of AR-15s and C4 explosives and the empty vodka bottle in my truck, maybe maybe you could have called off the cavalry. All right, let's do some sponsors here. All right. Uh, Run Guts Pull Cones by Adam Pickett. If you go to pushingrubberdownhill.com, you can visit our good Australian friend, Adam Pickett, uh, who wrote two books, Run Guts Pull Cones and Pushing Rubber Downhill. He also wrote an article for me because I've been busy Literally, I've been busy. I, I can guarantee you where my time would have gone had I rent, had time to write a post. And went to hauling uh, luggage all over Las Vegas between three different hotels and lodging places. Uh, but if uh, you want to go ahead and listen to his podcast, he has a podcast, Pushing Rubber Downhill. He's got his books, and he's got his blog. All of them can be found at PushingRubberDownhill.com. Uh, then we have my books. We have Enjoy the Climb that is now available in audio, and it has a new cover. For some reason... I know more than one person who's like, "Oh, I love the I love the cover, so I got the new book." I'm like, "It's it's not a new book. It's this exact same book. It just has a different cover." Oh yeah, but I like the cover. I'm like, "Okay, fine." 
My mom bought the Black Man's Guide out of poverty. Uh, you're going to buy a book because it covers nice. But if you want to get it because it's a nice cover, fine. If you have not read it because, uh, like me, you hate reading, thank God it's an audio book, uh, audio format, like all my other books. Okay, So you can get Enjoy the Decline. You can get Bachelor Pad Economics. That is an absolute must for all you boys out there. If you're new to the program, that's the book you start with, guys. Worthless, the Young Person's uh, Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. That's for anybody who's about to go to college or considering going back or you haven't gone or maybe you got a young niece, nephew, or loved one that's about to go to school. You want them to not fuck up their lives. You want them not to become like their mother. I majored in Shakespearean poetry. I, you can't put a price on education. You know, all these 58-year-old women that you can't put a price on education. Because they've never done anything with their degree. A lot of them didn't finish it, and thank God they saved some money and time. But anyway, uh, so get them worthless. Curse of the High IQ, that's for everybody who listens to this podcast because you guys are all incredibly smart, and I'm totally not kissing your asses so you buy more books because you'd be too smart to figure that out. <laughs> you'd be smart enough to see through that. That's... And you know I'm just purely... No, actually, it is a damn good book um, that I've gotten. Even though it's not the highest-rated one, I have gotten a lot. That's the one I get the most thank you family about, so people do like that one. And Reconnaissance Man, that's the latest book out. That is a uh, must-read for anyone who is lost in life. A lot of people think that it's for uh, 14-year-olds or 15-year-old high school. Like, oh, it's too, it's too late for me. I... No, if you don't have a game plan... If you're like, oh, you know, a lot of you guys, like, you're finally paying off your student loans and now you're realizing your degree in poetry or whatever it is that you got uh, is not going to help and you got to figure out what you want to do in life next. Well, how about this? Get a game plan together, and this is the roadmap or the how-to instruction manual on how to put together a game plan. So the next time you go to college, you're not pissing away five to six years of your life, and Lord knows how much of your mother's or dad's tuition money. Actually, it's your tuition money, but it's their money that they gave you because you're an independent, strong, independent woman, right? That's what I hear. Okay, anyway. So um, that's also uh, available in all formats, just like all my books are. Uh, Audio, paperback, and Kindle. Uh, About the only book that I've written that is not in audiobook is The Black Man's Guide to Poverty because it just doesn't sell that much. I know we have um, a fair amount, if not all of our black listenership, all my black fans out there, I know you guys probably would like it in an audiobook, but it, it just, I gotta pay. I gotta pay actually like 1500 bucks per book to be recorded. Um, by our good friend, Undertow Audio and jimfear138.blogspot.com, for those of you looking to have audiobooks recorded. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I gotta make my money back, and I just, it's a great book. People, people do like it. It has helped many uh, young black men and other people too. Uh, but yeah, the, the numbers just aren't there. So, unless, like, what was it? Who was the, who's like the token, the genuine token black conservative guy? Tommy Sotomayor, yeah. If he, if he ain't even going to plug, he ain't going to help. Well, then what, ch- what, what, what chance do we have? What, I have kicked around just printing off a bunch of copies and then handing it out at the ghetto schools in the Twin Cities. Although, probably wait till I move. You trying to help us? It's a no, it's a, it's a lose-lose situation. Another white guy trying to help out black people. Okay, do you want me to go out to start hurting you? Do you want me to start conspiring to harm you? So, What do you want? Do you want help or harm? Or do you just want to sit there and bitch and whine about things and mope? Because that really worked great for the past three or four generations. Uh, the fourth, third generation even ago, I'd give them, yeah, because there was, 
the Jim Crow days and all that. But the the, the modern generation, okay, you, you ain't got no excuse. You got no excuse. You you had your president. Now now that we saw how that went, like any affirmative action hire, we hired over skin color over content of character. We did not follow Martin Luther King's advice. I'm I'm not. I I just don't. You know, it's a lose lose. But there are many of you who are sick and tired of it. You're sick and tired of the Democrat leftist lies, and that's what they are. I'm not even being political here. I'm telling you the truth. And you want something better? It's and that's the subtitle for black men who demand better. If you if you want to give it a shot, try a different. Plan. You want you think it's time for Plan B? Maybe you think it's time for Plan B? Huh? Oh, you could get black men's guy out of poverty. Oh man, it costs what? Yes, yes, it costs money. That would probably be the first lesson about like how to get out of poverty is good stuff costs money. So you would spend that much money, you spend whatever, 12, 15 bucks on the book, and then that would save you literally hundreds of thousands down the road. Or make you hundreds of thousands down the road. Anyway, so all my books are available in paperback, Kindle, and most of them audio. Just go to Amazon.com, you'll see all the different formats that are available there. Chris Muir's Day by Day Cartoon at DayByDayCartoon.com. And then as I mentioned before, our two uh, audiologists, what do we call it, narrators, voice actors, jimfear138.blogspot.com and undertowaudio.com, two young gentlemen who will do your voice recording for you. Uh, Undertow will get to it when he feels like it. You know, he'll get there one of these. Yeah, he'll, he'll, it'll get done. It will get done, but it'll get done. Uh, Jimfear138, he has got hustle, and um, he, uh, but he's, I think he's busy. So both of them are busy. That much is true. Um, so uh, if one is not available to take on your project, call the other one. They will get it done, and they do very good work. Both of them do outstanding quality of work. Um, that's it for that round of sponsors. Uh, some bad news. Well, it's actually, in all honesty, it's it's irrelevant news. It's neither good nor bad. Kind of, I wouldn't even say bad, just letting down shocking, shocking news to me. I did my Ancestry.com thing. I did go with 23andMe, but then the Fed shut them down. They never refunded me my 300 bucks. So fuck 23andMe. Never do 23andMe. Go to Ancestry.com. Do the spit test. So you fill up 18,000 vials of spit. And like peeing, it's like you can't pee when you watch and you can't spit when you need to spit. So after a day of like you know drinking water, I finally amassed enough spit that they can tell me where I come from. And I was thinking at least, at least a solid two-thirds was going to be Irish. And then, um, and then, then the truth came in. And um, it's very sad uh, that I found out that Marcus Brown, a black gentleman, as you may know, cover of Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, not exactly white, not, not exactly white, and you wouldn't think, oh, that's an Irishman. Uh, he's more Irish than me. <laughs> Almost double. I think I'm only like seven or nine percent, and that fucker Marcus, he's twelve percent. So when St. Patrick's Day comes along, he has a more legitimate reason to celebrate than I do. I was shocked. I'm like, what? And then I, you know, of course I posted up on Facebook because I, as good as I give, I receive as well, and I know everybody likes it. And sure enough, people did not hold back. Um. The, I guess I'm, and I hate to say this is where I, I'm kind of like, fuck. Because I have no respect for this culture, none whatsoever, unless you go really far back in history. I'm uh, I'm like 60-some, I'd have to look at the st- statistics, 60, 70% Scandinavian. <laughs> if 
fooled me. I, I didn't know. I was told Irish, German, and Jewish. And the Jewish was more of a religious technicality. It really wasn't ethnic. It was coming from the German side. So German and Irish, that's what I thought it was. There's not a drop of German blood in me whatsoever. I'm predominantly one of these Norwegian. And, you know, you look in Norway and Finland and Sweden. Sorry, you're a bunch of fucking faggots and pussies. Now, when they were manly, that that made more sense. So the, the one thing I have going for me is, well, you see, <clears throat> what probably happened, what did the guy said? The Vikings fucked the hell out of Ireland, or they fucked all the Irish out of Ireland. And chances are that I, back in the olden days, the Vikings came and pillaged. They raped a bunch of gals, and that's where old Captain's lineage came from. So it's the 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 uh, the, uh, the Scandinavian. But then I thought about, well, wait, if it, if it wasn't, wouldn't that half then be of an Irish female? If the the they came in and raped everyone, unless they also raped the the, the non-German part, but then they'd have to rape the Iberian. But it turns out I'm also part Spaniard. Or Portuguese, you never know. They just draw a circle with some colors. They say, oh, I think your genes come from around here somewhere. So I'm predominantly a socialist pussy, uh, like the Scandinavians. Hopefully thinking more Viking, Nordic, let's go, you know, 1100 AD. Uh, Leif, Eric the Great, or Eric the Red, Red the Great. Leif the Red? Whatever. I'm one of those tough guys. That's where I descend from, hopefully. That, that's what I'm hoping for. But, uh, yeah, very little Irish. Um, 15% Spanish, 15% um, Eastern Europe, so that they can Polish or Russia. And then everybody who's everything else says, yeah, welcome, so you are one of us now. So, what, we got the gorgeous economist who will never use her degree or her looks. She's Portuguese. She says, oh, you are one of us now. I'm a little bit Irish and Greek. So, unfortunately, I'm related to the great Matt Baldoni. And then, um, what else? Somebody says, oh, if you're Mediterranean, you're one of us now. And then Paul, he's Russian. He saw the Eastern. Eastern Europe, Paul, not Russia. The the general blob of color they drew was definitely more over Poland, Romania, Hungary. The place you Russians invaded and raped. But you didn't rape them you, you raped during Stalin's and World War II time. I think the, the, the migrants had made it here to the United States. So it was, that was pre-Soviet rape. Uh, oh, you're one of us now. What was it? Was it Atham? Atham, was it you saying, oh, well, you see, the Spaniards invaded Mexican, or Mexico, and uh, the Mexican people came from part Spanish and part the Native Americans that were living there. So modern-day Mexicans do have Spanish blood. It shows up, so you might, it might have come from a Mexican. So everyone's trying to get a piece of the old captain except the Irish. The Irish like, fuck you, we don't want you. Nobody in Ireland, I'm not really, in the German, I don't know why anyone said anything. There's not one ounce of German blood. Not one, not one iota of, of a Heil Hitler or any goose-stepping or wanting to slay, you know, slay the Jews. Not just none of that, none of that came through. So, uh, yeah, I'm sad to inform you I'm a dirty, no-good socialist Swede or Norwegian or whatever. Uh, I guess I better report to the homeland and find out what I should do with my nutsack. And, you know, should I just have it cut off? Do they tie it down? What? Tell me, if someone could forward this to the Swedish authorities, 
And by authorities, I mean your women, because they're in charge of that place. Can you tell me what I should do? Do I do I just lop off my dick and mail it to you, and you ground it up into a fine powder, and you women snort it like cocaine to to take in the power of the patriarchy? And and uh, yeah, what what do I do? Do I go to Malmo and just lay my life down? What what do I do? How do I become Nor? What does what does a Norwegian do nowadays? We're so good citizens of the globe. We're global citizens. Just ignore all that oil. Just, it's, if even without the oil, we would just be such perfect superior people. Just ignore that oil. It's not there. Because we're the perfect people. And then the Finns. What the hell do the Finns do? The Finns, like, uh. You guys just kind of, what, stay out of everything? Hang on. Something just blew up. That's not good. I have a propane tank going. But the Finns, what do they do? The Swedes are known because their men are pussies and the women are cunty. The Norwegians are known because they're always cited by the UN and other fucktard agencies that you're the world's most perfect people. And you have all this oil, but we never never mention that in any economic analysis. See, Norway does it right. They have free everything. They have oil, you dipshits. They have a population of 7 million people, I think. But then what does Finland do? What is Finland known for? What do you guys do? Maybe we're with the Nazis. Maybe we're with the Russians. We don't know. There's elk and caribou out here. Hey, we actually staved off the Soviet invasion. We're not that bad. Hey, even though we fought the Soviets, we're going to institute the same thing here. What is unique about Finland? Jeez. Maybe I'm all finished. That'd be sad. The most unmentionable person ever. Hey, he's not even German. What is he? Brother to everybody, father of none. So, there was that. Oh, and then also related to Marcus Brown. I had to call him. I had to call him in to say, hey, my spidey senses. So let me tell you another story. The girlfriend is landing. Now, I've been out in the field for about two weeks. And I, uh, I don't look too good. I mean, I've, I've hit the gym, been very religious with the gym. I've been very, so physically, body looks pretty good. But unshaven, hair's all crappy, and the nape of my neck's all dirty. And she's very peculiar. She's very, very insistent that I have a cleanly shaven neck. She's like, oh, what you get me here? So every time I'm showering, she kind of looks and inspects. And I, you can hear it. When it's a sexy curtain opening, it's a slow, the curtain, the shower curtain opens sexily, slowly. And then she steps in because she's naked. But when she's inspecting, it's very much a, a Nazi German, you know, it opens very fast. And then I, I don't even let it bother me anymore. I just hold still because I know she's looking at the back of my neck. And I just say, how is it? Needs to be shaved. And then I just reach up, grab the trimmer, hand it behind me, and then she shaves the back of my neck. I got it down to a size. I know what I'm doing. I, I'm that good that based on how a curtain is open, I can tell whether I'm being inspected or inspection, or whether she's about to get in there and uh, <laughs> not really inspect things. Or maybe she, I don't know, I'm just saying it. There's, there's the good inspection and then there's the bad inspection. And the good one is when the curtain opens very slowly and the bad one that involves raises is where it goes shink very quick. So, knowing that's a pet peeve of hers, I say, hey, you know what? been a long time since I've been to Jaime's Haberdashery, which is this very fancy high-end haberdashery, men's clothing store, but also barber. 
and they do the five towel treatment, heat towels and oil and moisturizer. Uh, but they give shitty haircuts, horrible haircuts. Like the the quality of the haircut is fine, but you always walk out of the place looking like you belonged in like a 1910s barbershop quartet. I look like Alpha Alpha with my hair all perfectly combed and split down the middle. I'm like, you just made me look like I'm a 10 year old about to go to church. So they're not very up on men's fashion or haircuts, at least. So I ask a a buddy of mine. Uh, I say uh, his name's Good Aaron. He's Good Aaron. I say, hey, good, Aaron, because he's perfectly groomed. I say, where do you go to get your hair cut? And then you just knew you opened up a can of beans with this guy. I said, well, what kind of haircut do you want? I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because he is one of these perfect pretty boy Floyd types. He's very well groomed, very in shape. He takes his, his, his physique and his fashion very seriously, which is good, which is good. He's a very good looking man. So I say, I just need a simple haircut, shave, clean up, that's it. Well, he says, go to Fino's over on Sahara, which is west side Vegas. I say, okay. So I go there. Uh, they're busy and they're blocked up. And I'm like, oh, I guess it figures, you know, he's not going to send me some schleppy place. <clears throat> so I look at the map. There's another one. I go and I drive uh, a little bit to the north, a little bit to the east. They're busy too. Then I see the next closest Barbershop is called House of Shades. House, of, you know what? Let's look it up. Let's look up House of Shades so we do this right. Because I gotta give him a shout out. So I looked it up. House of Fades. House of Fades. Not House of Shades. House of Fades over West Side Vegas still. So I pull in and uh, walk in. Black barbershop. Those about black people. Fine. Don't care. Whatever. And uh, I know. Okay. You know. We all heard of the movie Barbershop with what Ice T or whatever. New, tentatively in the back of my mind, Marcus invited me. Hey, you should come to the barbershop in Chicago. Da, 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 da. People hang out. And I knew, okay, it's a diff- it, this is kind of like the bar. Well, there's barbershops for white guys too, but I guess it's a bit more of a pronounced culture in the black community. And I'm like, these guys know how to cut hair, don't care. Get the hair cut clean up. <clears throat> so I sit down. Guy says, what do you need? I say, I just need the you know neck cleaned up, shave." Maybe an inch or two off the top. Just, you know, clean me up a little bit. Girlfriend's coming to town. He said, oh, yeah, we got you, dude. So we're just chit-chatting and all that. And what I realize, it's not that he's taking his time, but he has a bunch of different techniques that he is using. That whereas opposed to when I'm used to for a haircut, I'm in and out real quick with your, you know, say quick cuts or quick clips or whatever it is, the, the, the run-of-the-mill shitty thing you find in a strip mall. This guy is doing a bunch of different stuff, and we're going slowly, very slowly, I notice. Now, the speed, which is quality, he's doing different techniques, mind you. He hadn't even gotten to, like, the, he's just, like, kind of, I don't know what he was doing. He's doing something. Um, <clears throat> the speed at which he's going, which is already pretty slow, is then further slowed down by... What you would think is interruptions, but this is why I observed, this is why I'm reporting back, this is why I had to confirm with Marcus, of giving shit to other people walking in, talking, and uh, 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 not necessarily giving her, but just conversing, regular guy talk with all the other guy barbers in, in there. His phone keeps going off. You find out all you ever want to know about this man and his family. He's got two kids that have to be picked up, and you can hear it's a female voice yelling at the other end. Too high pitch, I say. 
wife of your mother, you can't see. He says, yeah, yeah, I got possession today, and I told her I'd pick him up. So there's possession issues, like the uh, Green Bay Packers today. Um, <laughs> then this poor son of a bitch. <laughs> so he's the nice guy. We're just talking. We're talking about Denzel Washington movies because um, he saw Fence, and there was another Denzel Washington movie. It wasn't a good one. He didn't like Fence. Um, but we're talking about Denzel Washington movies because, fuck, Book of Eli, and one of my all-time favorites, probably one of my top five favorites, Man on Fire. Uh, but he didn't like it. But then there was another movie up, and we are just talking about movies. <clears throat> well, then his mom walks in. I didn't know it was his mom, but I kind of guess it because she didn't look happy. She she had that very stern, motherly look. And so she walked up, <clears throat> and I couldn't hear what she was saying because he had the trimmers going. And you just kind of looked at her, and she was on a mission, and she had a stern look, and she talked to him, and she left, and then after... He didn't have to try to say, was that your mom? He's like, yeah, that was mine. I'm like, she didn't look too happy. Like, no, she didn't look too happy. So he's taking his time, and the phone keeps going. He's got to answer, and he's handling a bunch of different things. I'm just taking it in. I'm just taking it in. I'm watching other people getting their haircut. Same exact thing going on, so it's not the not special treatment. It's nothing like I got a bad barber or anything like that. So I'm there. I'm not joking. An hour and 15 minutes. Now, this is just to touch up. This isn't like, I need a new hairdo. I might, and, and then I might add this, though. Uh, even though this is just a touch-up and a haircut, uh, you got almost the exact same treatment that you would get over at Jaime's Haberdashery. He put on the hot towel. Uh, I had shaved just a little bit before, but uh, and he knew that, so he, he knew not to bother, but still took the straight-edge razor and perfectly made a line. So, like, my beard and mustache were perfectly lined. Uh, and I had always kind of envied the guys that had the time to do that. Maybe this was no more than five years ago, but they, where the guys had a very clean line with the stubble. And I always liked that look, but I never had the time or the patience to do it myself. So he, he did take the time and the craftsmanship to do a uh, ship, ship. Craftsmanship, not shit. Craftsmanship to do that. So, hour 15 minutes. He says 35 bucks. And I'm like, holy shit. Now, the economist might have been like, dude, do you realize you're not making that much per hour? But then I realized, wait a minute. Okay, I threw in tip too, so maybe they, they bank on tip. But the whole thing wasn't about getting the haircut. Now, okay, it was because <clears throat> I came out looking really good. It was a damn good haircut. I mean, for a, for a trim. Uh, so if you guys are ever bored here in the Vegas area, go to a House of Fates. Uh, it's over on the west side. Look it up. I think there's only one. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was very well done. Uh, but yeah, and I, uh, the, the, the economist in me, the lack of efficiency, like, well, look, if you turn them out like great clips, but the whole point is they're not great clips. You don't go to a, a barbershop of this type, typically black, black, but there's in the olden days, I remember my old man taking me to a barbershop. I remember some old white guys sitting there, but that, that I think has gone away where that culture of the, however, is still maintained in the black community. Honest to God, you guys owe yourself to go to a black barber to get, okay, the haircut is one thing, but then you just got to take in the culture because, and this is why I called Marcus. I say, hey, Marcus. He's like, yeah, I say, I went to a black barber shop, and he just starts laughing. <laughs> I say, I got some questions. He says, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I say, all right, so you go in there. 
Does everybody have their family issues out in the open? Like, he's got to get possession of this kid, and the mom comes in, and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's common. Yeah, yeah, because the guy's mom came in and yelled at me. He's like, no, I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh, he must have done some really bad. Mom's usually known not to go into the barbershop. Like, well, she didn't care. He's like, well, yeah, but if you do something, then the mom, I'm like, okay. And, uh, and then uh, I said, yeah, there's, like, some movie on and, and this and that. And they're just kids sitting there, and the bunch of guys, most of the guys, you know, two other guys are getting the haircut, but every guy else was just sitting there talking. I say, and it took an hour and ten minutes, Marcus. He's like, yeah, yeah, usually when I go, it takes about two hours. I'm like, Marcus, you don't have any hair. He's like, no, but it's not supposed to be. So, it is different. And look, I frankly, I think, if based on the quality and the cost, if you have the time, that's the thing, is my patience. Where if I need a real quick haircut, well, frankly, the girlfriend does it now. And um, and I was kind of actually worried, like, was she going to get upset because somebody else cut my hair because that was her domain? Or would she be happy that I cleaned up? She was happy that I cleaned up because he did a really good job. Although she was freaked out with how perfectly groomed my mustache was. She looked at me, she was like, what'd you do to your mustache? I said, I, he trimmed it. He, he made it look good. She's like... I don't know. I, it's just weird. I can't get... What do you mean you can't kiss me? It's too groomed. I mean, too groomed? Anyway, if you have the time, if you have the patience, absolutely go to a black barber shop. Absolutely. All right? They will take the time. They will do a very good job. And you will get a show in the process, too. You will just get to see the show that goes on. And now I, I can totally understand... Why, you know, it's kind of like my bar or in the olden days when white guys went to the barbershop. I mean, it, it was, boy, but then the, the women just kind of walked in there and took over the place now that I think about it. They didn't take it over, but there was no, no one standing the gates. No one was guarding the gates. That mom just walked in. Although I guess if the mom walks in, you don't get in the way of mom. Uh, but there were girlfriends walking in and wives and, and it was kind of like they didn't stay around too long. Maybe they knew that maybe I should pay attention next time. Um, but the women were definitely present, but they weren't permanent. <clears throat> but it, it still might be this bastion of manhood, this bastion of manliness left, where you can go and you're not, you, you can kill a lot of, if you're just looking to shoot the shit, I think that's the primary reason to go to the barbershop. N- under the guise, under the false pretenses of getting a haircut. Maybe this is why the brothers are always so groomed. It has nothing to do with they like very short hair and they just got to get away from the women. <laughs> you could tell when when wife husband relationships were really good based on the length. See, in the seventies, it must have been a great relationship with black men and black women because the black guys had huge hair. And why would you want to go to the barber shop? You just let your hair grow up because you're having such a great time with your wife. Now it's like, oh, God, the wives must be cracking down because every guy's got this very sharp, crisp, clean, very short hair now. That's... <laughs> but I can see it. You go there to get away from the wives, go there to get away from the woman, and it's kind of the guy's domain, and then maybe you get your hair cut in the meantime. I wonder how many guys got their hairs cut when they didn't need it just because they want to get away from the wives. I wonder how much that is. Uh, you know what? You guys can make comments on the on the... Well, actually, no. If you're downloading this directly MP3, you can't. But if you're on SoundCloud, you can make the comments. I'd, I'd love it. Go ahead, email me. I want to know what is the... The primary motivation is not getting your hair cut. That is not the primary motivation. No way. That, that It would have been faster. Uh, the quality is really good. 
but it would have been fab. And you wait a minute, hang on. Now I think about it. That's not that great of an accusation. <clears throat> that's not that far fetched. What the hell do women do over in the spa all day except jibber jabber about men anyway? Oh, my, that, that's it's as clear as day. It's as clear as day. Women do the exact same thing, but they do it flagrantly and out in the open. I'm gonna go get my hair done. Five hours later, I get this thing crimped and thing and stuff. And then, and then the guys try and do a little bit of the same thing. And there were women. You know, oh, by golly, look at that. They can't just let the men be. Now that I think about it. Okay. When you were a little kid and you had to hang out with grandma or auntie or whatever and you go to the women's salon, there were never guys in there. Never. Guys would never set foot in that place. They didn't want to. It was scary. They'd sit out in the car and wait for the woman to get out. Then the but those girls, they did come into the barber shop. They didn't. They felt fine. They felt like they were wearing jeans. Oh, men's clothes will wear them. Men's place will walk in. Ooh. Through that perspective, they not that they're trying to invade, but I mean, just just look at it. at least the men respect the women's places. Like, oh, no, no, that's that's the women's world. Don't don't go in there. No, no, I don't want to know what... No, they got those weird helmets that looks like it comes from Star Trek and the space aliens going to suck your brain out and they say that they're getting their hair permed. That's where they suck all the logic and the math skills out as far as I can tell. That's... <laughs> but you didn't go in there. That was when... But the girls seemed quite comfortable walking into the... Maybe I got to find a place where it's... This place was still good. It was totally... I still recommend it. Go to House of Fates. But... They... <sighs> I wonder if they're trying to invade. Jaime's haberdashery, there were no women. And if there were women, they stayed in the shopping area and didn't come into the barber shop. Well, see, now I got a mission. At least, okay, I got a point and purpose in life. I'm going to go and try different barber shops. You guys email me. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. I've only got one data point. I only went into one. These are just the observations of me conspiring or conspiring, confirming with my buddy Marcus. But I'm wondering if that's under assault. Like if this man's place, one of the few last places men could go, the bar, the barber shop, and now women walking in, where's your son, where's your wife, where's your kids, where are you? I told you I was working, here I am working. You said you'd be at the bar, I am mom, I'm right here. Sometimes I think women yell just because they want to yell. Alright, <clears throat> what else we got for sponsors here? Uh, if you would like to advertise on the podcast, you may. I got 3,000 listeners weekly based on various estimates that are quite conservative, actually. And I do mean unique listeners, all right? Uh, the podcast has 3,000 unique listeners, I estimate, on average. I don't multiply them by 4.3 weeks per month. Like, oh, yeah, look, I got 15,000. No. I reach 3,000 individual people. Hopefully twice a week. Uh, I know I didn't have a cursory podcast this last time because I was driving around. Um... But I reach about 3,000 unique listeners weekly. I also have my podcast, I'm sorry, my YouTube channel, and I have my blog. You'll get an ad banner on the blog. And you will also get, uh, what else? Oh, you get your own YouTube called Cappy the Whore 4. I will whore out your product. You tell me what you want to say for it. And as long as it isn't illegal, I'll do it. There's been a couple places I've turned them down. I'm like, no, that's just dumber than fuck. I'm not going to advertise that. Uh, so, anyway, it's 100 bucks a month. No minimums, like you got, you know, one month, that's the minimum. You give, if it works, cool, you make money. If you don't, don't worry about it. You don't have to renew it. So it's worth throwing 100 bucks my way. Let the old captain know. Email me at capped, C-A-P-T, not captain, not C-P-T, C-A-P-T, capped, 
capitalism at yahoo.com. Capped capitalism at yahoo.com. Uh, Chad Elkins at Elkins CPA. Hey, it's tax season. Um, don't be one of those fucking schmoes that uh, April 15th, 11.58 p.m., you're trying to rush to the mailbox. Okay, don't be that idiot. Call up Chad, or actually don't call him, email him. Go to elkinscpa.com. Get your taxes done now before the rush. I think he's still taking on clients, and I understand he only takes on good clients. If you're late, if you have back taxes, if, you, if you're basically not a responsible adult, he probably doesn't want to talk to you. Uh, but if you're the type that gets your, your books in on time, your chumma chumma, you got a little bit of hustle, he'd like to hear from you. Also, he does financial consulting. I had a buddy like, oh, should I set up an LLC here? And I'm like, well, you should talk to my buddy Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com. And in exchange, he gives me free lodging in Chicago. I say, really? Is this the reason? You-? Well, yeah, the- he's also really. Actually, <clears throat> I talked to his folks. I met his folks on my travels down here. I didn't. He- he's very humble, too. I didn't realize he uh, graduated um, magna cum laude. <clears throat> yeah, magna cum laude. That's right. I graduated summa. It's okay, Chad. We can't all be me. Uh, I graduated summa cum laude, but he graduated magna cum laude. He has his master's degree and he has his CPA. This guy is no dummy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and let's put it this way. I'm a client of his as well. I said, hey, Chad, take a look at my taxes. Am I missing anything here? Because, you know, I'm pretty good. And my girlfriend's pretty good, too. She, she's an accountant. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's worth paying a little bit of extra money and saying, hey, anything, you know, because, you know, look, you pay 50 bucks, have a pro look over it for 40 minutes, and all of a sudden they find you save yourself five thousand dollars. Well, that's that's forty, fifty bucks well spent. Okay, consider that. Heck, just have Chad review your taxes. That might be something that there. Chad, look, I just came up with a whole new product for you. Review tax. And you know what? I'm going to type that in here. New service. Chad, you're offering a new service, by the way. New service. Review taxes. Return review tax returns for extra cash. Get some extra cash. Okay, we'll save that. <clears throat> so I'll get CPA.com, go there. Um, what's next? Where do we go? Well, if you'd like the podcast archives, uh, episodes 1 through 100, uh, I have them backed up on uh, thumb drives, and I sell them for 35 bucks a shot. Uh, it's not that I'm trying to make a mint off of you. It's because i got to pay for the thumb drives, and i got to mail it in my time and all that other stuff. So if you want, let me know. I do have them archived. I can put a copy in the mail. Uh, the reason why... You don't have episodes 1 through 100. Uh, is because the Clary podcast had to switch from Podomatic to SoundCloud. And um, I just didn't feel like uploading them again, frankly. And the first 25, which aren't available, so don't ask why. Are there only 75 podcasts? It's episodes 25 through 100, essentially. So 75 podcasts. Uh, is because the first 25, you're learning all this audio stuff. And it's not the best uh, quality of audio. The the The... Me, the me is great, but the audio is not. So uh, that's where I had to go in through there. Uh, then we have 405media.com, financialsurvivalnetwork.com, pushingrubberdownhill.com, blowmeuptom.com. All these are podcasts that you can listen to uh, that are not mine. <clears throat> what am I listening to? I've been listening to the British History Podcast, but not the one with the leftist pussy out in Portland. I'm listening to the British guy because he just tells you what happens. Um, what else am I listening Let me take a look at my phone. It's on my podcast list here. 
Spycast. Uh, the problem is that they interview a lot of academians and not actual spies. Professor so-and-so at Strategic Studies, who's never worked a day as a field agent, is going to tell you about his latest book. But the one, they actually interviewed the CIA agent, was it NSA? No, I think it was CIA, uh, who was responsible for getting Stalin's daughter to defect to the United States. What else I got on my thing here? Uh, I'm listening to the Bill Burr podcast, of course. Who has lost his testes as he's reading a book to his yet-to-be-born child. That, that I kind of drew the line at that. I kind of drew it. When Stephen Molyneux cried over Robin Williams, and I found out Bill Burr was reading a book to his child that had yet to be born, I understand, guys. That's where I check out. That's where I draw the line. Still listen, still donate to Stephen Molyneux. I'm uh, just saying that, that's kind of... Uh, yeah, no. No, you are not in my foxhole at night. I I want you, <clears throat> I want you at somebody else's foxhole. Um, I need someone who's not going to cry or crack under pressure or read books to fetuses. Just not. Sorry, that's just just me. Don't hate you guys any less. Don't. Uh, and I like you. Love you guys. Just love listening to the podcast. I just. And that's all I really have. The rest of it is that British History Podcast. And a podcast I would name and mention because I like it very much. But the problem is they don't believe in the exchanging of traffic. They don't believe in helping each other out. They actually charge, which I understand. Fine, that's the business model. So I don't promote them. On If you would like to be promoted on the Clary Podcast, it's $100 a month. So there. <laughs> oh, what else we got? Um... And uh, if you want, go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. That's my blog. I have my uh, podcast list down below, so you can see who I listen to or subscribe or link to. Uh, then we have Asshole Consulting. Um, <clears throat> if you have problems, and everyone does, and you want the problem solved, which everyone claims they do, but very few people do indeed, contact Asshole Consulting. We are in the business of providing solutions, assuming you're in the business of solving your problems and using those solutions. Um, I do not solve anyone's problems. I just give them the solution because the only person that could solve your problems is you. You may not know how. I tell you the how. Whether you do or not, I don't give a flying fuck because I already have your money. Anyway, Asshole Consulting, it's the only consultancy, uh, consultancy that specializes in truth. We are not some ass-kissing, brown-nosing, uh, Ivy League cocksucker. Well, you see, according to the SWAT analysis, and this guy over here, he has his MBA. Yes, he has his MBA from Brown. I don't care if Brown has an MBA. Don't email him. Tell me otherwise, you fucking drawing little small penis dickheads. But let's just say Brown has it. I have an MBA from Brown and Cornell. Yes, and we're from the Ivy League. We're just so intelligent. That's why you're going to pay us $250 an hour for common sense. <laughs> no, we don't do that. Asshole Consulting. Uh, that, it's, <clears throat> look, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the business model because no one else is going to do it. Because you can't. If you tried to tell the truth, right now the biggest, most desperately needed service in all aspects of the economy, business, government, politics, finance, education, career, is the truth, is blunt, hold, card, uh, cold truth. 
impassionate, dispassionate, no emotions, no feelings, just just rock solid, in your face, burns while it stings truth. It's the harsh medicine that this economy needs. The only problem is because of debt, be it your mortgage, student loans, and basically a slow economy, uh, you guys, no employees, no one can tell the boss or the manager or the supervisor what needs to be done. You can't tell your wife what needs to be done. You can't tell your friend what needs to be done. Because, well, in the case of finances, like you need the job, uh, you're, you're up to your neck in debt. You have your car loans, your student loans, your mortgages, your wifey's credit card spending. And if you mouth off to your boss and tell him, hey, this is the way it's got to be, or you're screwing up here, you get fired. Because he'll replace someone that tells him things that makes him feel good. Right? But, but... When things shit hits the fan, emergency and crisis, oh my god, my student loans are coming due and I didn't know I wouldn't be able to find a job. Then then you need the asshole. Then you need the army of assholes to come in. Then you need the truth. And slowly but surely, people are starting to wake up and realizing not only is truth uh, the necessary remedy for a problem that has already festered and, and blown up on you, truth makes a great vaccination against problems in the future. The problem is no one's got the balls or they got the debts or they're, they're, some, they're somehow owed to somebody else that if they tell the truth, they will lose everything they worked for. They can't specialize in truth. They cannot be purveyors of truth. I get to be. Because I answered nobody, motherfuckers. I answered to no one. And that's why I could tell you the truth. So if you would like the truth, if you would like help, Go to assholeconsulting.com, send me your questions, send me your problems, uh, send me your money, and I'll take care of it. Please follow the instructions. Um, just to warn you, I've had people pay me, so I don't know what you charge, but here's $200. When the, the bill was probably likely only going to be 30 that's happened more than, more than four times. People have sent me, like, at least overpay me by $100, and I will not reimburse you the difference. I will just take it and I'll say, awesome, cool, thank you. I will answer your question and um, all will be well. So that's assholeconsulting.com. If you know a friend, you know somebody, send them there. Sometimes you don't have the balls to tell you, you know, you need an intervention. I do interventions. Oh, before I forget, life improvement plan. If you're a loser and you know it, snap your hands or clap your hands. Um, I'm doing this life improvement program. Uh, you can go ahead and talk to therapists uh, and they can give you a schizo... Uh, cognitive, behavioral, young, Freud, all that other shit. Uh, but when you're done dicking around with that shit and you finally realize that psychologists and therapists isn't working, or if it isn't working, and you, you here's it's the life improvement plan. Uh, you give me $10,000, all right? And then we set up five goals for you to turn your life, real serious goals. And for every goal you meet, I reimburse you a 1000 bucks. all right? That way, if you're a lazy, no-good fuck, I get to keep all your money, and then you get, oh, you get and then you know the problem is you, and then, then maybe you should actually go talk to a therapist. Uh, but if you actually turn your life around and you lose 100 pounds, you get your $1,000 back. You get yourself a job, you get another $1,000 back. You find yourself a girlfriend, you get $1,000 back. And then you go back to college, you get $1,000 back. And I don't know what the fifth thing would be, but you'd improve your life somehow. I don't know, you'd... Uh, Diet healthily, I'd have no idea. You get a thousand dollars back, provable. 
And then, when it's all said and done, you have a much better life, and it only costs you 5000 bucks. Oh my god, that's, uh, it takes too much money. Really? Does it? 5000 bucks? Shit, your insurance premiums are way more than that, thanks to Obamacare and the fact that we got to cover health care. And i got to start looking into it to find out whether therapy actually works. I've been listening to several podcasts and finding a shockingly poor track record, but then again, these people, are, I think, are biased. But one guy was a psychologist, and he says, we, we're not succeeding. We're, <laughs> we're not improving people. We're certainly not curing people either. And then there's a debate as to whether truly mentally ill people can be uh, cured. We're not talking about mental illness. We're talking about people who are losers who are confusing their life's problems that are largely self-inflicted with having a mental problem. Where you don't have a mental problem, you just need your ass kicked. And you need a huge financial incentive to make sure you improve your life. So you can keep living your life the shitty way you want, or you can contact me at Asshole Consulting and inquire about the Life Improvement Plan. Look it up on AssholeConsulting.com. You'll see the little tab that says LIP, Life Improvement Program. And there you go. Um, If you also want to give me more money, which you may, uh, but you don't want to give me no money for no reason, uh, go to and buy your stuff through my Amazon affiliate program. If you do any of your online shopping through Amazon, go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com, look for the Amazon banner, click on it, and then do all your sh- online shopping that way. If you can get into the habit of doing that, I get 7% of all your sales, all your commission, or all your purchases. It doesn't cost you anything more. It's just Amazon sending me tra- uh, a commission check for driving traffic to their site. So if you do any online shopping through Amazon, please remember to go online to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Go there first and purchase it. Uh, what else we got? We got uh, Uncle Nick uh, and Burning the Midnight and We're Pretty Lies Parish. If you're looking for a book that is fictional or books that are fictional, consider Frank Servey's Uncle Nick, Burning the Midnight, and Pretty Lies Parish. Uh, all are available at Amazon in Kindle and paperback. And uh, the first two books, Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight, are about Uncle Nick who's a misanthropic, uh, zero-fucks-giving uncle in his early 30s. He makes money. He loves kids. He tells them the truth. And in doing so, pisses off all the leftist, blue-pilled adults. He has taken the red pill. This is the red pill hero you always wanted to read about in a fictional setting in California. It's so, get that book. Very good book. Burning the Midnight is the sequel. And Pretty Lies Paris, I haven't read that Um I think maybe it's just more of a book on philosophy and pretty lies parachute. You can find it. Read the description over at Amazon.com. Then we have my two classes, uh, the analysis and valuation of stocks, and then stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. Um, If you are interested in just the basics, you you don't know anything about stocks, bonds, or investing, take stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. It's designed for everybody to be an introductory course, so it's a mile wide and an inch deep. And so you'll you'll learn the terminology and you'll learn how everything kind of works together. If you want to take a more advanced course, you want to learn how to read financial statements, a little bit of accounting, and um, how to value and analyze stocks, basically, uh, that class is for you, the analysis and valuation of stocks. Both classes you find by searching their name online, and you take it wherever you can find it cheapest because they're offered online. So it doesn't matter where you take it, it's just where it's offered cheapest. So search the analysis and valuation of stocks, and stocks, bonds, investing, oh my, uh, you can find those uh, online, and just be on your best behavior when you take the class because it's predominantly old grandma ladies that take these classes, which is a shame because they really don't do much help to you if you're an old grandma lady. Um, 
I mean, they do help, but it, but it helps you a hell of a lot more if you learn about 401ks, IRAs, and retirement planning when you're 18 than when you're 81. So don't freaking wait too long. Uh, and then finally, Academic Composition. Go to academiccomposition.com where Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff will write your papers in college for you. Uh, this is only smart, and I'm not even joking. Um, nowadays, colleges and academia being the joke that they are, being the scams that they are, and they're just making you pay twice the amount for a degree by taking these unnecessary prereq classes so they can employ these worthless, veritably worthless human beings posing as either masters in the liberal arts or PhDs, doctorates, professors in the liberal arts. Um, fuck them. I mean, just fuck them. Do what uh, uh, smart corporations do, and that is outsource. Outsource the tasks that are mundane and have nothing to do with your core competencies. That's that's business 101. Actually, business schools, you, you should ask ask that of your management professor. I'm an accounting major. Can I just outsource this then? I, I don't have to take, I'm not going to become an HR professional. Why are you making me take an HR class to employ her? It, would it be smarter according to management to outsource this to someone else? That's different. That's different. So is that there? Um... Do I have fan mail? <clears throat> I do have fan mail. All right, where'd it go? Hang on. Because if I don't do the fan mail, then all of a sudden there's just like one episode of fan mail. I don't think you guys want a whole episode of just fan mail. Did I even say it? Oh, okay, here it is. A young lady writes, Hi, Aaron, this is not a consultation request, just an email to say thank you for the videos you post on your YouTube channel. I've been watching your videos for almost a year now and especially enjoy the ones you post about personal finance and minimalism. I graduated from college in May of 2015 with a degree in accounting and have been working in public accounting profession since I graduated. The, pressure, the profession as a whole is extremely profit-oriented. Imagine that, accounting, profit-oriented. That's the whole point of the, of the study, my, my darling. That's, that's what it is. It's, uh, it's, it's not to measure externalities or feels. Uh, busy and stressful, and it's easy to get caught up in making money, gaining prestige, working a lot of hours, and competing with others while in this environment. Your videos have helped me open my eyes to the benefits of minimalism and living debt-free, the importance of living in reality, and valuing relationships with others over everything else. Outstanding! That's great. So if you're 20, graduated 2019, or 2015, uh, what are you, 24? Oh yeah, here you are, you're 23. You're 23 and you already figured that out, kid. That's great. You are going to be so far ahead, man. You are going to be so far ahead. You're going to be happier, too. I mean, you may not be making millions of bucks, but you'd be very far ahead. Very happy for you. All right. Um, living around uh, everything else. I plan to leave the public accounting profession soon and start spending more time on things that are truly important. I'm glad I figured this out at the age of 23 rather than somewhere down the road. I just want to say thanks and that you give great advice that will help a lot of people. Thanks, I won't mention your name. Well, thanks. I wish more people would listen. It's kind of like uh, Terrence Pop's like, how does he only have 31,000? I don't know. I don't know why The Amazing Atheist has a million followers and a guy like Terrence Pop only has 31,000. I think there's just that many fake, mentally ill, whiny crybabies that want validation. I, I, It's just kind of, it really does amaze me just what filth and self-pitying, woe-is-me-ism type uh, cults get just a huge attraction. Just a huge attraction. 
But uh, anyway, well, don't give up the accounting profession. Um, accounting is a great profession to be in. Maybe just don't, you don't have to work in an auditing company. If you're that stressed out, I'm assuming you're working for one of the big four. Uh, it's totally not worth it. I mean, talk to our good buddy Chad Elkins. Actually, maybe, are, are you cute? I'll set you up with Chad Elkins. All right, if you're cute and you're doing accounting, you two, I, you two should consider courting. I think you two would make nice, as long as you're cute. That's the key thing. Don't, well, I'm, I'm a nice person. No, 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 no. You've watched my videos, you know. So if you're cute, yeah, go go hook up with Chad. So, all right, I got other fan mail. We're not going to do it. But listen, guys, check your notes. Get your prostate checked. Ladies, check for breast cancer. We can help each other out. Ladies, go fidget with your boyfriend's nuts. Men, go fill up your girlfriend's boob. And don't just do it for sexual reasons. Try and find lumps and shit like that. Uh, and... Uh, Breast cancer, unfortunately, is not as curable as testicular cancer, but early detection is very important, very good. So you want to do that, and we can do that by having a lot of fun along the way. What else? Oh, just uh, share the blog, share the podcast, share the Twitters. Follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook. I'm on gab.ai. All that social media shit, just for don't Don't like. For the love of God, don't like. Share. If you really like something, share it. Um, you know, help the old captain spread the good word about Cappy. And that's it. That's all I got. Um, I will catch you guys later. I'm off to San Diego in about 72 hours. And I'm just going to basically hit the gym and run and try and get ripped for my girlfriend's birthday. All right, that's it. We'll see you guys later. Toodles.